episode three. Um, this is kind of a sequel to the first story, Medley Tales the Zoo. This one is entitled Medley Tales Move-In Day. Pretty self-explanatory. Again, this one's going to be raw. Once I start recording, I'm not going to stop until I finish reading the entire story. Not much editing is going to go into this, but I'll improve a couple of things from last time. I'll make sure the volume is a bit more constant and the music during this, this part uh, is a bit more obvious. This one's a bit shorter than the last one, so it's not as much of a commitment, but I hope you enjoy it just the same. Also, you might hear a little bit of wind in the background, I'm not sure. Uh, but without further ado, here is Medley Tales Move-In Day. The year is 2135. 100 years have passed after people began developing superpowers called talents. Progress in culture slowed to a halt after the development of talents. Although technology has progressed, many things have not changed at all in 100 years. Jackson Medley, a college sophomore, rides quietly in a car with his family. Annie was squirming in the back seat by Jack. Mom, I'm hungry. Can we get something to eat? They had been on the road for a number of hours, and Annie had, ran, had run fresh out of patience. Jack reached over and grabbed a piece of paper. Here, Annie. Have you tried making anything other than bears? Strewn along the floor of the car were dozens of tiny stuffed bears, created out of boredom by the youngest of the family. Jackie, you know I can. Her tone was riddled with annoyance. Jack crumpled the piece of paper in his hand and kept his hand over the paper. When he opened his hands, inside was a stuffed lion. He shifted his fingers and the lion began to run off of his hand. Another shift of his fingers made one of the bears rise from the floor into the seat next to them. Annie was mesmerized by the show. For the next twenty minutes, Jack entertained Annie with the animal shows, giving them voices and making them argue making them argue. Annie was so enthralled with the animal show that she didn't notice them pulling into the school. Jack's father, Chris, looked at both Annie and Jack through the rearview mirror. Well, we're here. Let's get you settled in, shall we? Jack nodded his head and began unloading boxes from the back of the car. I heard the new place was spacious. I bet I'll have a ton of room to spread my stuff out. As they packed the, as they packed up the, as they walked up the stairs and rounded the corner, they opened the door to reveal a room that had already half been half fulled, filled. Jack's mother looked confused. Jack, I thought you said you, you didn't have a roommate. Jack explored the large room, feeling as confused as his mother. Well, that's what I assumed. I think they would have let me know about something like that, don't you? Chris brought in a box and dropped it on, his, on an empty bed. Looks like you got a roommate. Did they message you? Jack sat down the box he was carrying on the ground. No, Mom just asked the same thing. They didn't tell me anything. Chris and Jack both gave a shrug and continued unpacking boxes. 
Annie turned a lamp into a giant stuffed bear, and Linda scolded her. As Annie returned the lamp to its original state, Jack and Chris unpacked the last of the boxes. Jack grabbed a bike from the back of the car and parked it in the grass in front of his apartment as Linda walked out the front door. All right, sweetie, let's go. Grandpa and Grandma are waiting for us at Supermart. When are we getting dinner? Linda, Chris, and Annie all got into the car succinctly as Jack stayed by his back. After we get done shopping. Now hop in. Your grandparents have been waiting for almost an hour. Mom, would you mind if I met you guys at the restaurant? I want to try out my bike. I would prefer you come with us instead. It's not often you get to see your grandparents, and this might be the last time you get to see them. You never know what could happen. I know, but I'll see them at dinner. Plus, I want to see what they've they've done with campus over the summer. They were going to finish the new chapel and put in a bike trail, which is the whole reason I bought the bike in the first place. Linda looked disapprovingly at Jack. I don't like you going into town by yourself. I don't care how fast you can run or how many talents you have. You could still get hurt. There are a lot of bad guys out there. It only takes a second. Jack felt felt like rolling his eyes. But that wouldn't help his case. I know, Mom. I'll be careful. I'll fly to the restaurant. How about that? She still wasn't buying it. Someone could shoot you down. I don't like that idea either. It was usually at this point that Jack's father would butt in. Oh, Linda. No one's gonna shoot him down. He would... (laughs) He would often insert himself into arguments when one party or the other would say something he deemed ridiculous, whether he was right or not. Well, they might. You've seen those news reports. Those are soldiers, not even in the States. He'll be fine. She still didn't look or sound convinced as she answered. I suppose if your father's okay with it. But be careful. As they drove toward the street, Jack could hear Annie bickering with his parents about staying with him. He he hopped on his bike and began to ride toward the new chapel. In preparation for the bike course, he he bought a new bike made of steel. It was several times heavier than normal bikes, but ten times as durable. A bike like this was able to break the sound barrier. Once he reached the chapel, he circled around it to head toward the bike trail. The trail was smaller than he expected, and only stretched for a mile or two, so he rode into the grass toward a dirt trail in the the woods. Once in the woods, he heard a distinct, low, slow heartbeat. He He folded his bike into a smaller, more manageable size, and carried it as he walked deeper into the woods. A few paces into the woods, and the heartbeat became so clear that it became confusing as to where it was actually coming from. Finally, he realized the sound was coming from where the sound was coming from and looked high into a tree. On a tree directly in front of him was a man that had been impaled and was now stuck on the tree. 
No wonder his heartbeat was so faint. He's almost dead. He jumped high, leaving an instant, leaving an indent in the ground, and stopped in midair. The man stirred, as if startled by the sound. Who are you? His tone was friendly, in fact. The man was so unexpectedly calm and collected that it nearly made Jack fall out of the sky. He was speechless as he began making hand gestures toward the man in his belly and his own. Jack was only able to choke out a few words in his confusion. How? Why is... The man raised his hand and patted Jack on the shoulder. I get that a lot. He reached out his hand and grabbed Jack's. My name's Sam. Sam Shellick. I've been stuck on, well, in this tree since about four o'clock. He checked a watch on his wrist. Holy cow, I've been in this tree for an hour and a half. Jack held his hand and held his head in disbelief. How are you so calm? Are, aren't you in pain? Like, like a lot of pain? Sam blinked. Well, not right now, but if I try to move... He, tied, he tried to bring his legs up. Ah, yep, that'll do it. He inhaled sharply, and then his eyes shot open wide as he pointed to Jack. You can fly! This was by far the least surprising thing of the entire situation. Uh... Yeah. Well, you could get me down from here. He began to laugh and wince from the pain. I guess. He grabbed his shoulders and began standing him up the tree, sliding him up the tree. Sam screamed in pain, and Jack let go. As he slid back to where, he's, where he was, chin, Jack held his chin. After a moment, he snapped his finger and floated toward Sam. I've got an idea. It will be painful, but quick. You should be out in no time at all. Sam nodded his head. Just do it. Whatever you're going to do, just do it. Jack nodded and held, held the tree above Sam. Winding his arm, he smacked the tree, and it split in several pieces below Sam. As he expected, Sam slid off the broken side and began falling toward the ground. Jack caught him before he hit the ground and they floated toward the dirt. Watching the wound closely, Jack noticed that it had already began to heal. In seconds, his stomach looked as though nothing had happened at all. No scar, no bruises, no evidence remained that there was a tree lodged into his stomach just moments before. Lodged into his stomach just moments before. That's amazing! Sam brushed the dust off of his regrown stomach. You think so? Yeah, that's the fastest working healing factor I've ever seen. Sam offered his hand and Jack took it. I didn't catch your name. Oh, right. Sorry. My name's Jack. Jack Medley. Sam's eyes brightened. Ah, so you're the infamous Jack Medley. Infamous? Hardly anyone knows me. News to me. I just transferred like a week ago. We're roommates. Daniel told me your name. 
like the RA, Daniel? The one and only. They began walking toward the trail. I wondered whose stuff that was in my room. Sam nodded his head. So, how'd you get up there, anyway? That doesn't seem like the type of thing you just do by accident. Wow, good eye, detective. Jack decided not to react to this comment. His his tone was hard to read. He could have been joking or just very cynical. Well, that was kind of a farewell gift from my buddies at my old school. Sam began scratching the back of his neck. Looks like you need new friends. Sam snapped his finger. Man, there you go again. Now, if I didn't know your talent was flying, I would think you had the talent of observation. This time, his tone was more blatantly sarcasm rather than cynicism. They're kind of the reason I left in the first place. Well, they're a big part of the reason. Jack felt his pocket vibrating and checked his mobile. Shoot. What? They're already at the restaurant. Who? My family. I'm supposed to meet them at the restaurant, at a restaurant in the next town over. I wanted to try out my new bike, so I stayed behind, and then this happened. He pointed to a splintered tree. A silent moment passed as Jack was lost in thought. He snapped out of it and noticed Sam as he had been... Sam had been staring at him the entire time. Wow, you were just gone for a solid two minutes there. You back, space cadet? Jack blinked and smiled. (laughs) Yeah. You want to come eat with my, my family and I? Sam shrugged his shoulders. Sure, I've got nothing better to do. Jack picked up the bike and began to walk to walk back to the trail. After changing in their room, Jack offered to fly them both to the restaurant. To Jack's surprise, Sam hopped on his back with no reluctance. Jack began flying over the city at a quick pace. Have you had a chance to see what the city's like? The wind in Sam's face made his lips and cheeks flap. What? Jack answered twice as loud. The city! Have you seen it? Sam shook his head and Jack changed course. We've got time. They flew over Town Hall, the barber shop, and a few restaurants. It's pretty small. There's really nothing to do here. Everything fun is in the city that we're going to eat. Where's that? Topeka. As they approached the bank, Jack heard thumps and screams. When he reached the bank, there was an obvious robbery taking place. They came to a complete stop to survey the situation. These guys are brilliant. Like, I don't think you could get any smarter than this. Find a time when all the elites are out and about and rob the bank. Someone should get them a medal. Just as Sam finished talking... The situation became clear. There there were three criminals in masks, fighting what seemed to be dozens of elites. However, all but one of the elites had been knocked out or killed. It was too soon to tell. The criminals were fighting with spears, and it wasn't looking good for the final elite. The three criminals were winding back their spears to throw its throw, 
The three criminals were winding back their spears as Sam grabbed Jack's shoulder. Throw me. His tone was calm and firm. Jack nodded and tossed him quickly toward the ground in front of the elite. His legs broke from landing on the ground, but he remained standing. As his legs reformed, three heavy metal spears sunk into his chest. He pointed to a robust man in the, in the mask. Hey, fatso! What did you think was going to happen? He grabbed the three spears and began wiggling them out of his chest as he walked toward the men. That was the weakest throw I've ever seen. If you wouldn't stuff so much in your face, maybe your flap wouldn't, wouldn't have slowed you down. He turned to the other two men. With mock sympathetic tone, he continued hurling insults. Ah, did Fatso take your food? Is that why your throw was weak too? You know, we could go to a buffet so you could catch up with Moby Dick over there. Finally, the men had had enough. They broke into a full sprint towards Sam. Sam pulled the last spear from his chest. Closing his eyes, he held out his arms in a T formation. He waited for the inevitable pain and broken bones. However, he was greeted by the sound of three quick thumps. Opening his eyes, he saw that the men, the three men, had been tripped. They were, they were sliding toward them on the ground. As they began to, as they began to get up, Jack appeared behind them, seemingly out of thin air followed by a gust of wind. Three bursts of wind later, and the men's faces were buried in the dirt. They didn't try to get up after that. Sam looked confusedly at Jack. He didn't need to ask any questions. Jack understood by his facial expressions. We'll talk later. Sam nodded, dropping all confusion. Just as they began walking toward the street, quick, loud thumps could be heard directly behind Jack. Before either of them could react, a massive man in a black mask buried his fist into Jack and Sam. The blow sent Jack soaring into the wall of the bank, causing it to crumble, while Jack was sent flying into a car in the parking lot. The impact crushed the roof of the car and then broke the windows. Both men stood moments stood st Both men stood moments later to address the assailant. Sam's bones began reforming and his skin began regrowing, while Jack simply dusted off his shirt and kicked the debris from his path. In a split second, Jack appeared behind the man and buried his fist into the man's side. To his surprise, his punch was ineffective. One slap from the man sent Jack hurling back into the wall, the, into the bank wall yet again. This time... He didn't take his time emerging from the debris. He exploded toward the criminal, burying his fist into the man, this time with enough force to stop a bullet train at full speed. The man was instantly trailing through the ground, leaving a trench behind him. That did the trick. As the man laid motionless on the ground, Jack walked toward Sam, who was clapping his hands slowly. Well, well, well. Aren't we talented? His tone sounded sarcastic again. 
Jack couldn't get a read on this man, no matter how hard he tried. And Daniel said you were powerless. Man, what a joke. I've never seen someone with that many talents in my life. Yeah, people, people at the school think I'm powerless. I don't mind it. It's better than people thinking you're an unbeatable, in my opinion. This comment made Jack chuckle. This is too perfect. Unkillable and unbeatable. Roommates. That sounds like the plot of a really cheesy movie. By the way, how did that little rumor come about? Now I'm really curious. We'll talk about it later. Now, we're really late. I'll have to explain while we're all dirty. And late. Man, I can't wait to see what your parents are like. They must be freaking gods or something. Jack kneeled down and Sam hopped on his back. My dad's a pastor. My mom's a music therapist. And I'm adopted. So they don't have the same talents as me. Sam looked thoughtful. So who are your real parents? I'm not sure. My adopted parents don't even know. Sam patted his shoulder. Well, let's go on an adventure to find him, shall we? Jack chuckled. Let's focus on getting dinner first, shall we? Sam cocked his head. Sounds like a plan. All right, hold on tight. Sam nodded. I'm going to go a lot faster with you than I would with anyone else. What's the difference? Why would you go slower for other people? Before Sam could finish his sentence, Jack arrived at the restaurant. A jolt of pain shot through Sam's face, arms, and legs as the majority of his skin had been ripped off in the flight. Because you'll heal. Sam looked confused. Why aren't you all shredded up? And why did we need to go so freaking fast? Jack landed, and they began walking toward the entrance of the and they began walking toward the entrance of the restaurant. My skin is a bit tougher than most. If I run or fly any faster than about Mach twenty, my skin starts to peel. Sam's jaw hit the floor. Wait, you can run at Mach twenty? Tell me you're on the track team. Coach would kill to have you on the team. Sam scrunched his face. I've only done it once, and I don't even remember doing it. I was getting tested for my powers, and I blacked out during the combat portion. When I came to, everyone was unconscious, and some of my skin had peeled off. Sam began to chuckle. You're joking. He slapped his shoulder. I knew you had a sense of humor. You really had me going there for a second. Mach 20. Come on. If you could run at Mach 20, you'd be labeled a Titan, and I would have known about it. Jack shrugged his shoulders and began walking again. Sam's expression dropped once more. Wait, you're not joking? Wait, you're serious? What else can you do? Sam ran to ran to catch up with Jack, who was opening the door for Sam to walk through. I'll catch you up after dinner. Part of the reason that I went so fast is because we're really na- late now. Plus, I heard some reporters were coming quick, so I had to get out there fast. 
I had to get out fast. I hate publicity. Sam was brimming with questions, but decided to hold them off till later. They approached the front desk and asked, and were greeted by a very skinny lady dressed in all black. How many? Jack smiled warmly. Our party is already here. The girl returned a smile. All right, have a great dinner. As Sam and Jack walked through the halls of the restaurant, Sam studied the vintage decorations on the walls and ceiling. So, what is this place? And what kind of food do they serve? Comfort food. You know, stuff you'd get at a family gathering or uh, like Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's an Amish place. They, they, reached their, they reached their table and were greeted by Jack's family. At the table sat Jack's mother, father, sisters. Jack's mother, father, sister, and grandparents. Jack's mother spoke, as, spoke the loudest as her talent allowed her to reach an ear-piercing pitch. Hi, sweetie. Who's your friend? This is Sam. He's my roommate. The room was filled with greetings for Sam. I didn't get a chance to call before I left. We were in a bit of a hurry. Well, no matter. There's enough room for both of you at the table. Have a seat, boys. Coincidentally, there were two empty seats next to each other. Jack and Sam sat in the seats and as the waitress returned with the drinks. Three waters, a diet, and a milk. Sitting, setting the drinks on the table, the waitress addressed the, boy, the two boys. And what can I get you boys? Water, please. Me too, thanks. As the waitress walked away, Linda turned towards Sam. So, Sam, do they match roommates based on their based on similar talents, or do they just stick with two pe- stick two people together randomly? Well, I think they try to. A lot of people in the sports teams room together because they have really similar schedules with practice and stuff. But with us, I think they just threw us together. So your talents weren't even a factor. That's strange to me. Well, I guess not. Apparently the school thinks that Jack's powerless. Not to mention, compared to some of the other students on campus, my talent really isn't that flashy. That could have been something they considered. Sam's tone changed when talking to Jack's parents. So much so that Jack wondered if it was the same person talking. Linda looked as though she had a bu- Linda looked as though she had a bug in her drink. What? She addressed Jack. Is that true? Do they think that you're powerless? Like it's on their records? Jack exhaled. Yeah. I accidentally signed up as having no talent last year. I tried to change it several times, but people working in administration were no help at all. Chris took this chance to jump in. So how do you accidentally sign up as having no talent? Well, I didn't know what what to put, so I put undetermined. I guess that means you have no talent. This conversation made Sam begin to laugh. You can imagine my surprise when I found out... You can imagine my surprise when I found out what he can do. Boy, were they wrong. 
Jack chuckled as Linda addressed Sam once more. Sam, what's your talent, hon? I had bad hearing out of this ear, so I didn't catch it. She pointed to her right ear as Sam answered. Well, it's not that impressive. I heal. I have a healing factor. It's not you very useful for being on the track team. They let you on the track team when you're not a dasher? Well, I knew Coach personally before I transferred, and I explained to him my financial situation, so he lets me do the laundry and stuff so I can still get the scholarship. Linda looked very impressed. Wow, that's nice. Do you have to attend the games and travel with the team? Yeah, I have almost all the obligations of a real member, but I just don't run, or I even have to practice with them. This time, Jack interrupted. Mom, you'd never believe how incredible his healing factor is. Sam rolled his eyes. It's not that great. His healing factor is the strongest that I've ever seen. He turned to Chris. It's even stronger than that one guy at the testing facility. Chris's eyes opened. Chris's eyes widened. Really? Yeah. I watched him firsthand heal a wound worse than that guy in just a few seconds. Good night! That. It was that fast? That's impressive. Jack nodded his head as the waitress approached the table. Setting the drinks down, she addressed the two boys. Will this be on a separate check? Chris raised a finger. They're on me. One check. At this time, Jack noticed that the room was completely empty except for them. Did we reserve this room? Linda shook her head. Nope. There were a few people in here, but they finished eating before you got here. Jack nodded comprehensively. I noticed the television screen playing playing the news. The title read, Breaking News, Summersville Bank Robbery, Earlier Today. Jack nudged Sam and pointed to the screen. Noticing this, the waitress grabbed the remote and turned the volume up before Jack could object. I'm standing here at the Summersville Bank after an attempted bank robbery took place just moments ago. Our first response news crew usually arrives on the scene before the action is over. However, recording according to a local elite, there might have been some fast action that could possibly be in front page news. With me today is local elite Elliot Livingston with his take on the story. Elliot? When we were on the scene... There were like four guys, I think. Anyway, they were wearing masks and stuff on their faces, so I couldn't tell who it was. But when we looked, when we took the masks off after it was over, they turned to be they turned out to be a couple of students from the college. Anyway, we were clearly outgunned. They were freakishly strong for their age. Seven of us were weren't even able to take them down, take one of them down. Luckily, none of our group was seriously hurt except for Joe. He's got a pretty bad concussion. The man was obviously nervous about being on camera. He repeatedly lost his train of thought. So anyway, I was just it was just me left, and the guys were about to throw spears at me or something. 
And my life was flashing before my eyes and stuff, you know, like in the movies. But anyway, my I was about to die and stuff, but something got in the way of the arrows or, or, or spears. I think it was spears. Anyway, I got a better look, and it was, wasn't something. It was someone. I didn't know. I, I didn't know what. I don't know what kind of animal would jump in front of three spears like that. But anyway, this guy just jumps, just stands up, starts walking toward the three guys, and pulls the spears out as if it was nothing. Like, is he even human? The the news anchor began nudging him to speed up the story, which made the man even more nervous. Oh, right. Anyway. He was saying something about the robbers. He was something saying something to the robbers, but I don't remember what it was. Whatever it was, it really made him mad. And they started running toward the guy, and 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 it was kind of hard to make out what happened after that. But this really tall guy with godlike speed just knocks him out flat, and it was it was like it was nothing. And then he gets knocked down. Then he gets knocked around by the biggest one guess the guy's just got a lucky punch on him or something. Here's the weird part. Both of the guys got up as if they didn't even get punched at all. The, as the man talked, the camera panned over the unconscious men being carried into the police drones. Man, I'm telling you, the real tall one got back on his feet and knocked the socks off that big guy. He was so fast, I couldn't even see him. And you see that trench over there? You know, that big one over there? The camera zoomed on in on the trench. That tall guy, that tall one and got up and punched the guy so hard that he made that trench with the other guy's body. It was unreal. After that, the smaller guy jumped on the tall one's back and they disappeared. It didn't look like they'd teleported. I think they were just so fast I couldn't see them leave. The reporter, the reporter, eager to, tell, to eager to pull the microphone away from the man, answered him with a question: "Is it possible that someone might have called a titan for this robbery attempt?" The man grabbed the mic from her, her hands, holding it too close to his mouth. "Oh, for sure. There's no doubt in my mind that both of them were titans." Now, who called him? I'm not sure. But I know beyond a shadow of a... The anchor snatched the mic from his hand once more and began talking. You heard it here first. A titan in our very own Summersville. More on this titan in the future. This could mean good things for our crime rate. With a resident titan, our, will our town be more safe in the future? Stay tuned to find out in the coming days. As the new news theme play, began to play, the man's voice could be heard in the background trying to get the last words in as the anchor um, tried her, her best to keep the microphone away from the man. The waitress dec- decreased the volume and both Jack and Scan Jack and Sam scanned the faces in the room. It became immediately apparent that all eyes were turned toward the two boys, except for the waitress and Annie, who weren't as interested in their report. Both Jack and Sam swallowed nervously as the waitress walked out of the room. Well, how about that? 
Samwersville's got their own titan now. How lucky them. The waitress left the room, and Jack's grandpa, Paul, addressed Jack and Sam as they as he grabbed a drink from the table. So, boys, how was the trip over here? His tone was oddly sincere, yet his intentions were obvious. Both grab it, grabbing their drink, both grabbing their drink, ah, both grabbing their water to drink. They answered one after the other. Eventful. Jack indirectly answered everyone as he read each of their expressions. Some of his family was concerned, others were upset, and still others were unfazed by the news. Jack assumed that he had spoken for the both of them. However, when he looked at Sam, it was obvious he was holding he was fighting hard to hold back a smile. It was a blast. And that concludes episode three. I hope you've enjoyed. Um, this was a bit shorter. I see we're at about seven thirty-seven minutes right now. Uh, so a little little bit shorter. Um, and I I really enjoyed reading this one. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. I hope if you, I hope you notice a few things are better with the audio, but it's obviously not going to be perfect since I'm doing it raw. Um, but hopefully next time I can improve. And I hope you'll join me next time for Medley Tales, The Track Team. <laughs>